You are watching and listening Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger. It is the National Championship Week. Well, I guess it's not really since the National Championship's on Monday, but this is the days leading up to the National Championship game. It's all we have left before football goes on hiatus for way too long. I um I like the national championship because it it does lead right into the NFL playoffs. And I, I really don't yeah. care about the NFL. But it is nice to just get like, I mean, I, you know, it's nice to get that little month of the playoffs afterwards. Yeah. So at least we have that. So don't, don't, don't be too depressed. Well, college is my fave. So that goes so, away. But yes, it is fun to, to go into the playoffs and uh, more football is more football and I'll take it. There have been some good bowl games the last week or so. I think bowl yeah. season kind of sucked to start out, but the last week or week ish, Really mm-hmm. starting with just before the FSU game, I think that UNC-Oregon game was really, really good. I think there were some good games kind of that week. Obviously, I thought the Florida State game was a ton of fun. Um, and then the games kept getting better. I, I thought the most of the New Year's Six stuff was good. The Cotton Bowl was good with Tulane and USC. Um, I thought the Rose Bowl was uh, – Penn State kind of pulled away in that. I thought that was okay. Sugar Bowl was fun. Um, Orange Bowl was fun. The playoff was great. So, I don't know. Bowl season was better. I've heard there could be – this could be good. I've heard there might be some changes to bowl season. Like, once they expand the playoff, obviously you're going to get more games there. But I've heard they've they've talked about throwing in some NIL stuff with it. Like, for guys – They would be smart to do that, right? Like, you've got to – yeah. incentivize guys to uh to play especially if they're not playing in a game that matters you know yeah. for doing some different stuff like that to keep it to keep it better there need to be some changes because though i think the playoff will help there will be more exciting games as the as there's expansion just because there will be more teams that have players that want to play right you know the first two weeks of bowl season was is, is pretty bad you know and so if we can keep all of it and raise the level and keep it all kind of more fun. And I'm all for that. Uh, let's give a quick shout out to Greg Brunt, Brunt Insurance um, from Tallahassee to Keys. You can call Greg and the team, 954-589-2204. Um, and get you insured, whether it's home, car, boat, motorcycle, RV, trailer, whatever you've got that's got wheels, he'll get you taken care of. Both my home and both my cars are insured through Brunt Insurance. Bruntinsurance.com works as well. But... You should give Greg a call and chat some college football, chat the national championship with him today and see if he can save you some money on insurance. Appreciate Greg and his team at 954-589-2204. All right. So playoff this weekend. I think this is the first time, actually, I don't think I went back and looked. This is the first time we've had two really, really entertaining, good games. Yes. In the same playoff. The, The second best one. And this game snowballed out of control too. But the second best one to me was the very first playoff between Florida State and Oregon. That game was good for about two and a half quarters. And then Oregon just piled on late and and blew FSU out. That game was good for a little bit. And then the the Ohio State-Alabama game later that night was really, really good. Outside of that, there has never been like a good two games. Like that to me, that was the closest next best one. And that game still was a 30-point difference. Um, but it was at least good for two and a half quarters. Everything else, I look back at every year, no good game. Like, it'd be one good game or none. Like, there were several years where 
both games, like last year, both games were blowouts. And so this was the best year. This was easily the best year. So I guess one out of eight is not terrible um, to finally get a couple of good games. But even the we'll, – we'll talk about Ohio State, Georgia in a minute, but TCU-Michigan was really, really good. Oh, you muted on the on the on the um, computer. Oh. Stage. Yep, you're here now. The camera's off for some reason, but I can hear, can you, hear you. Me? So, TJ, can you hear me? Yeah, I can, can you hear, hear me now, but it, it looks like your camera's okay, off. I but I can hear, hear you. you. So if you want to just want to roll like this, that's fine. Let's see. All right. All right. I think we're back. All right. I think so. Can you hear me? Yeah. So right, cool. we were talking. I don't know what we're talking about. Okay. TCU Michigan. We were talking about the, the fact that generally we don't get good playoff games. And that is honestly something that I have pointed to for years as an argument against expanding the playoffs. Um, is that do we really need more mismatched games? to determine our, you know, our national title game. But this year definitely went against all the trends that we've had prior to. Uh, and it was fun. It was entertaining. It's what we want the playoffs to be, right? Like we want to know that we are seeing two evenly matched teams that either one of them, you know, deserves to be there and watching them battle it out to the end. Watching Alabama beat a team by 40 points um, isn't fun, right? Like that's not, that's not a, a, I don't know, a vote for expanding the playoffs in my mind is more games like that. But more games like this, expand them all you want. This was great. Yeah, I thought this was good. Were you surprised that TCU beat Michigan? I I was. Um, Eric wasn't, which is interesting. He was saying the whole game that he felt like, or the, the whole day prior to the game starting, that he felt like TCU would win. Um, he just didn't like what he saw from Michigan. Honestly, in my mind, I, after watching what Michigan did to Ohio State, I was just finding it hard to believe that somebody else was going to, uh, that TCU was going to be able to beat Michigan. I Because I feel like I thought Ohio State was a pretty good team. Uh, and they are. They proved that they were a pretty good team in that game against Georgia, right? Like that was, that was a battle down to the wire. Ohio State is a very good team. But I'm surprised watching Ohio State, Georgia, and – 
watching Ohio State at other times through the years, or excuse me, through the season, and then watching what Michigan did to Ohio State, these outcomes don't translate in my mind, but that's why the transitive property doesn't work in college football, right? And that's why we play the games and we say any given Saturday and whatever. But I felt like Michigan looked unprepared. And the whole storylines leading up to this game were interviews with Michigan players saying how last year they felt like they were just grateful to be there. And so they kind of stopped to take in the moment and they took in all of the opportunities that were provided to them by the Bulls, meaning the the activities, the swag, the dinners, the all of that stuff, and that they were just so excited for the opportunity to be there that they felt like their game prep maybe fell to the wayside and that that's why they weren't prepared, but that this year, this year they were taking a different path. They weren't participating in bowl activities. They weren't participating in bowl dinners. They were there as a business trip. Their full focus was on winning this game against TCU and advancing to the national championship game. So hearing that line the entire week leading up, I really was completely caught off guard that I felt like they looked honestly unprepared. You know, isn't doesn't like life is all about balance, isn't it? And I think that you can go too far one direction. Sure. And I think I think you those things exist, right? Those dinners mm-hmm. and the fun activities. I mean, shoot, Florida State and Oklahoma, I understand there's a very different bowl, but Florida State and Oklahoma like went to an amusement park with a bunch of kids together. Like there are pictures right. of like Mike Norvell and Brent Venables on the rides together, and they like took right. kids and you know, gave back yeah. to under like kids in the community and stuff. And so yeah. like, I don't know, like, do I think that that's the reason Florida state came out and looked bad in the first day? No. I mean, they just went no. to a theme park, like shut up. Like, no, but well, I, don't I, know. I think, I think, why- I think Harbaugh's a little, Harbaugh's a little weird. I mean, he just is a weird cat. And I remember yeah. in 2016, he did something similar against FSU within the orange bowl. Like they wouldn't like, all of Florida State's players were out like riding jet skis on Miami Beach and stuff. He wouldn't let his players do it. And then Florida State's players went out and did something else that like the Orange Bowl had set up and he wouldn't let him do it. So yeah. I don't know. I think maybe they were tight. Maybe they were tight because they put so much emphasis on it. And, yeah. you know, you, you again, life's about balance. And I understand yeah. the aspect of like, it seems like they're very all or nothing. You know, last year they were not focused on the moment. And then this year, maybe they were a little too focused on it. TCU did look like the looser team. It did look like the team that wasn't pressing. So I I like TCU winning though. It was cool. I mean, we don't get a ton of underdog stories. We don't get a ton of that in college football. It's the same. I mean, shoot, I don't know how far you have to go back. But, you know, I think it's pretty much been the same 15 teams have won it over and over and over again for my entire life. Mm So, you know, maybe not even 15. interesting recruiting story too, right? Because one of the things when we talk about recruiting classes and why it is so important to sign top five classes is because we always look to the stat of whoever wins the national championship and where their classes the previous three to four years ranked. And in general, they average a top five class uh, in the years prior to winning their national title. So that's always something that we look at. TCU has had a class in the 40s or 50s the past three to four years. And so, and, and now granted they beat Michigan. If they were to beat Georgia, which I think is a huge, if that's such a wrench in the stats that we always point to and what has to happen to be able to win a national championship, which I think is an interesting storyline here. And I think that that then leads the credence to, can you coach 
to a national championship without being able to recruit at a national championship caliber? Sort of. The I think the answer is sort of there. Mm-hmm. If you're not in the SEC or Big mm-hmm. Ten or right. maybe even ACC, then yeah, I think you can. Maybe yeah. I think this. I don't want to take anything away from what TCU's done here, and right. nobody from TCU is watching this anyway, so who cares? Um, but the stars kind of aligned for them to do this. Oh, a hundred percent. In a conference that they're in a conference that Oklahoma's down right now. Texas has a first year coach as well. I, I, or uh, Oklahoma, Texas is down. Oklahoma has a first Oklahoma year coach. Has first year coach. Um, there, there's not. Yeah, I said backwards. There's not the star power in the Big Twelve. They, they sure. didn't even do what you typically have to do in the Big Twelve, and that's go undefeated. Which is win your conference championship. Um, yeah, and so. But I will say you couldn't, you couldn't do that. National- you you couldn't be you couldn't be in the forties in the SEC and do that because you're no. not gonna, you have too many good teams to be. In fact, no, I don't think you could be point, in the forties. You're Vanderbilt, right? You and know, so, I mean, truly. Yeah, so I don't. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't but, think it's possible there. In general, a team could maybe sneak into it, but like not in. I, no, no. I mean, credit to TCU for doing it because they did beat Michigan. Yeah. But once you're in the playoff, that's all you have to do. I mean, you just have to right. be one good team. Well, and we'll and you know, and we'll see how they show up against Georgia. But I will say. Winning, getting to a national title generally requires a little bit of magic, right? Like I can't think of a season where we look back and we can't point to, you know, a moment or two where it's like, well, shoot, if that had gone differently, this team wouldn't have been there. Like every time Florida has been in the national championship, I can think back to certain little tiny things out of Florida's control that fell the right way. And they went to the national championship. And I think you can say that about pretty much all teams. So like, yes, the stars align for them, but I do feel like in general, the stars align for whatever team ends up uh, in the national championship game. And I think, and hats off to Sonny Dykes, like what a coaching job he has done at TCU. He, you know, is got that program headed in the right direction. That said, we'll see, uh, you know, what that, those 40, 50 recruiting classes do against Georgia, who is averaging like the number two class the last multiple years. Yeah. And they've been really good. So that other game, Ohio state in Georgia, that one was phenomenal. phenomenal. Did it feel like watching it? It felt like Georgia was going to eventually come back. Yeah, Like they, they were, they never felt out of it. They scored 18 points in the fourth quarter to get back. You know, a lot of people talk about Kirby's, um, coaching whether he's a good on-field coach or not and he was that I, day i will say this i don't really know how good or bad any coaches are like i think you are the you surround yourself with and so i'll say that because mm-hmm. i prefaced it but the play of the game was him calling that timeout before the heck yeah they lose the game i think it, it happened so as much as is made about like oh Kirby. Oh, all the stars just recruiting. I don't know. Maybe Kirby is 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 a good coach, right? Maybe he's not. Any, you know, TC pulling upset here. We'll talk about that game in a minute. But he's probably about to go back to back in national championships. And if they don't have a massive meltdown again on second and twenty six, I mean, they're they're they yeah they've been impressive for the last couple of years. So anyway, that game was phenomenal. Um, UGA Ohio State. It just never felt like Georgia was out of it. 
And when you're playing the defending right. champs and you're playing a team that is as good as Georgia is, um, they are never out of it. And so right. they have the comeback. They find a way to win. Uh, what'd you think about that one? Uh, that was such a great game. I loved it aligning with midnight. Uh, that was, that was kind of crazy. You know, our kids, this is the first year that our kids stayed up, uh, to watch the ball drop our older two girls. So like, they're super excited to see the ball drop. And I'm like, if you touch that TV, you die. Um, so we had a TV set up on the porch that we put the ball on so that we can kind of run back and forth and see, you know, the kick and the ball drop. Um, but that was a fun game all the way through, right? Like adrenaline pumping, great coaching, great play, some interesting calls and no calls. Um, you know, in that game. Uh, but it was, it is what college football is supposed to be like. It is what the bowl season is supposed to feel like. It is what the playoffs are supposed to feel like. That was an intriguing game for people across the country that don't root for Ohio state and that don't root for Georgia. And that's what this is supposed to be, right? Like I don't, we don't root for either of those teams. Actually, if there's a way for both of them to lose, sign me up for that. Um, but I was still into it and it was, and I mean, I just, they're both really good teams. I said from the beginning with the way that the playoffs um, were seated that I thought that Georgia got the the much harder uh, matchup in, in the playoffs. And I think that that proved to be correct. Ohio State is a great team that played their worst game of the season against Michigan, right? Like, I think what we saw on the field on Saturday against, that that Saturday against Michigan is not the same team that we saw in the, in the playoffs against Georgia, they are a really good, really good football team. That being said, I watching Kirby smarts face during that game, watching him uh, in the, in the post game press conference and stuff like that. I am a little scared for TCU because I think that Kirby smart wants to like burn everything to the ground after that game. I think he was super pissed that it was as close as it was. I think he was proud of his guys for continuing to fight, but I, I think that he, there's some hellfire that's going to be coming out of Georgia because I think that Kirby was disappointed in the play of his team, even though uh, they won, but I'm really interested in this TCU Georgia matchup. I, I think that the smart money, the smart line of thinking is that UGA kind of runs away with it, but I thought that against TCU Michigan. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I wish there was a third, before we talk about the championship, I wish there was a third place game like the world cup does because how much fun would it be on Saturday to get to watch Michigan, Ohio state one more time? Like, I think that'd be like, we should have that. And you can say like, like, what's the point of that? But like, what's the point of any other bowl? And what's the point of uh, a right. third place game in the World Cup? If the, the point world, is that college football is fun. That, Give us one more. Yeah, I think we should do that. If I ever become the head of the NCAA, we're definitely yeah. starting a third place game. Um, I'll be there. Yeah, I, I think I think that game was fun. I, I was cheering for Georgia because I knew, in, you know, secretly because they're on your schedule. I know you have the rule that you got to root for them. So I know you had your red and black on on uh, Saturday night. So I was cheering for them too. Um, but no, I, I thought they were, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not a big Ohio state fan. And I think that, uh, you know, I do think George is going to end up winning on Monday night. Mm-hmm. I just don't, he's a good, but I, just, I just don't know if they have enough. And yeah. I don't think that's shocking to anybody, but no. Jordan play their game in the first half. I thought they were kind of off. 
I like kind of like you, you know, I don't think they're necessarily trying to run up a score or anything like that. I just think they aren't going to because they're just that much better. Yeah. I think they will play a better game. And Georgia's done it in multiple ways now. You know, like they build up big leads. Now you've seen them have to fight back in a game. Yeah. They play low score. Um, they've kind of done it all this year. You know, four-point win against Missouri. They played close against Tennessee. Barely beat Kentucky. You know, they've, they've kind of done whatever is needed. You know, they put 50 on LSU in Atlanta. So I feel like they can just, I don't know, play any game that's needed. And I don't know if TCU can can come back. Yeah. I worry about the game not being good. Yeah. Well, and when, when I, I had I said that – can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, you went out a little bit at the very end there. Um, I, you know, I when I and when I say that I think that Georgia's going to come out with hellfire, I don't think it's anything about TCU. They're not going to. I don't think they're going to run up the store score because they're you know being jerks or anything like that. I think that they played their worst game of the season against Ohio State, even though they won. And I think that that happening the game before the national championship, that scare is going to give them even more fire than playing in a national championship game gives you. I think that that, that was a scare for them, obviously. Um, so I just think the timing of that with, with when, with when TCU ends up, you know, playing them or whatever is why they will skip their wrath. Not because it's TCU, but the spread on this game is 12 and a half points right now. I think it opened at 13. It's, it's fallen back a little bit, but the interesting thing to me is the over, uh, 62 and a half is the, is the over. I, I don't see a scenario where the over doesn't hit. I guess the only scenario is that if Georgia's defense does a good enough job to keep TCU out of the end zone, because I do think I, but I honestly think both of these teams score and, and potentially score a, a lot of, uh, of points. So 62 and a half is something like what? 34 to 28. No, that that's not that's bad math. Uh, it it have to be you know thirty one six. It'd be like thirty seven to whatever that would be twenty six twenty five somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. So thirty seven twenty four. Yeah, that gets you to sixty one. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can um, see them holding TCU a little under that. But yeah, I kind of like the over. Yeah. Um. I think uh, you know, I mean, they also – go ahead. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, just, Georgia scores – it seemed like the other night Georgia just scores so quickly at times. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'd probably like the over there yeah. just because they'll bust off a 60-yard run. Right. And that, you know, save you like four minutes o'clock and they'll go score again. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like I'd lean over there. But I just – I do hope it's a good game. I hope the game yeah. doesn't suck. Because I think sometimes you get into these matchups where – there's like an like sometimes in the national in the in college basketball, right? You have a really fun upset and a team plays with everything they've got. Again, not to discredit TCU, but here we are doing it again. A team plays with everything they got. This has happened to Florida a couple of times. Uh, a a team has upset somebody and then gone to the next round and played Florida, and Florida's just blown them out. Remember what happened with like George Mason back in the day? Happened a couple. Of- years ago like just the second round of the tournament like i don't remember who it was but you know florida was gonna play like, like florida was gonna play Ohio State second round. 
And then like 50 up at Ohio State, Florida just beats them by like 20 the next round. And you're just yeah. like, all right, well, cool. You know, so that's kind of what I did I go out real quick and come back? Yeah, now you're back. Do it again. So, but we'll see. I like yeah. I like Georgia to win. So I was looking. How does Georgia ever get dethroned here? Um, I mean, I think it's possible. I think that Alabama is not going anywhere. I think that Tennessee is uh, you know is on the rise. Like I think there's people within their own conference uh, that can keep uh, that can keep them from getting to the playoffs and that will happen. But I was looking at the individual matchups of this game player to play, you know, player to player and stuff. And for TCU, one of the things that I think could keep them in this game is Darius Davis. He's tied for first in the country in touchdown punt returns. And he's also averaging the fourth highest yardage on punt returns um, in the country. He's a really dynamic uh, player. So I think that special teams are an area that TCU could, um, you know, keep themselves in here. I'm also interested, you know, uh, for Georgia, T- if T- for TCU to have a prayer, they have to figure out a way to contain Brock Bowers. He's been incredible for Georgia this year. He leads the team in receptions. He leads the team in receiving TDs. He's the Mackey Award winner. Um, it, that's going to be the the key for TCU. If they're going to hang around, they've, they have got to figure out a way to contain him. But I, I'm really interesting to watch, interested to watch TCU's punt return, because I think that that may be the only matchup, at least that I can find, where I think they could have an advantage. I think that Brock Bowers is certainly their go-to guy in the clutch. They really didn't go to him much in the first three quarters. And then when they like absolutely had to have it late in the game. Which was weird because that's yeah. different than how they've used him throughout the year. So uh, that that honestly could be a little, uh, you know, point to yeah. the, the in-game coaching that we talk about being good or bad. Yeah. Like, why did you stray away from going to him right from the go? You know, and maybe it's because they – they covered him or yeah, he was covered really well. And but, it just, but yeah, when they had to have it, they went to him and, and he certainly delivered. So um, how about this? Jordan Travis, we talked about this earlier, but Jordan Tra- will pivot and then we'll do some picks and get out of here unless there's anything else you want to talk about. But um, Jordan Travis finished both the regular season and bowl season as the highest graded PFF quarterback. Um, Interesting. Again, I think his growth year over year has been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, I know that weird things happen and people fall off at times. Mm-hmm. But I think that if he plays all 12 games and, you know, Florida State is 9-3, and 10-2 and two or better, um, I think he's going to be in New York for the Heisman. And I don't necessarily say he's going to win it. But sure. if they go out and – you know, Florida State's going to start top 10 next year or very close to it. In fact, I think both Florida State and LSU will start top 10 just because they play each other to start the year. Um, but, and I think they'll also like have earned a top 10 ranking, right? They'll, they'll finish right. around top 10 this year and bring yeah. everybody back. So, I mean, you should start top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, they start top 10 and he wins a top 10 matchup to start the year against an SEC opponent. They're going to, you know, unless they just absolutely blow it against somebody else. I think they're going to, I think he's going to be in that conversation all year. Now, I also think that, you know, Caleb Williams, uh, I think there are other guys that are going to be there as well. And I'm not necessarily saying he wins it, 
Yeah. But I think against a pretty weak schedule that he's going to put up a lot of stats. Mm-hmm. Um, again, as long as they don't go eight and four or something, I think he'll be right. in New York or be in that conversation, right? Like if he doesn't, if he's not in the top three, I think he finishes top five Heisman voting. If, right. he, if they go eight and four, I think he finishes like top 10 Heisman voting. So it's pretty interesting how good he has been, how much he's grown. And, you know, it's kind of like, <clears throat> I think the thinking with him is um, he's that difference maker, right? Like I think Florida State without him this year is like a seven and five, eight and four team. Mm-hmm. And then you put a really good quarterback in or somebody that's grown into be a really, really good quarterback and you feel like you can win every game. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win every game. Right. But, you know, I think he finished the year with five interceptions to, I, I think he had 32 touchdowns running and passing, um, went over 3,500 yards and uh, got better as the year went on. So I don't know. I think it could be really special for him next year. I wish he had yeah, like I mean, I ability. Obviously, uh, starting the year against uh, an LSU team that'll be that has that improved over the course of the season uh, should return. You know, well, we'll see what happens with all the stuff going on at LSU, but should have, um, mm. you know, a pretty good group of guys coming back. So a win against them would be a, a huge. It, it honestly could end up being the marquee win of the season for Florida State. Starting out from the very beginning, it could end up being their highest rated win um, if if they were to beat that LSU team, but it does immediately put you on the radar, which is good and bad, right? Because then you're under that microscope, but um, it definitely gets you in the conversation early. And so then because the schedule is easier than, you know, than some of these other schedules out there, it, 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 yeah, he could hang around in that top five, in that top three. I mean, potentially win it depending if they win the games that they're supposed to win after that game happens. I think Florida State's going to be favored in every game on the schedule next year outside of Clemson and then maybe Florida. We'll see yeah. what Florida looks like. You know, if Florida State goes into that Florida game with nine or ten wins and Florida – You think they'll be favored against LSU? Yeah, because it's in Orlando. Both teams are going to be ranked similarly. I, I think they'll be like yeah. a three-point favorite or something. Okay. I, I think it'll – I don't think it'll be a massive uh, – yeah. kind of like if it was back in New Orleans, I think LSU would be a three-point favorite. Like right. I don't think that okay. – like. So, yeah, I right. think they'll be favored in every game. The only one I don't think they'll be favored in is Clemson. And then, again, Florida is such a mystery right now. Like, who knows? Yeah. You know, if you guys we are – even... if, if we have this, if we have the same record, then I think Florida is a close favorite. If you guys have a couple right. more losses than us, then I think we're a close favorite, something right. like that. So, um, but every other game they should be the favorite in. And they should – what will be interesting about Florida State in 2023 is they probably jumped a year ahead of schedule this year. And I think it's right. much easier to uh, chase than it is to lead. I think leading yeah. is difficult. And I think it is. the expectations, like how do they, mm-hmm. I think it's easy to be the underdog, right? And, and you, because you lose to Wake Forest. And though that was the first loss of the year, I don't think your season was ruined because you weren't really supposed to be 4-0 at that point anyway. You just, you lost a game, right? Like you're 4-1, no right. big deal. If you lose to Wake next year, it probably ends your chances of anything. Right. Right. Like, and so like, how do the, how do expectations change the way you play? Yeah. Coaches like to preach process. Coaches like to preach, Oh, just focus on what you can control every play. But it's really hard for 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids to do that. And so I think that how do you handle being the team to beat next year? If you beat LSU Mm -hmm. to start the year, Florida State's going to be around a top five team, you know, like that's just, I mean, that's just is what it is. Like, 
You beat LSU. You play like a couple of crappy teams after that. You're going to be in the top five by the time you get into the ACC part of your schedule. And so how do you handle that? Because if you're in the top five after your first three games, you control your own destiny. Yeah, that's coaching, right? Like that's where you see, um, and that is something Florida State hasn't gotten to see under Norvell, whether or not, like how he does in that situation. It is, it is, as, as you said, it's easier to coach as the underdog. It's easier to motivate your team to get out by saying, nobody believes in you. The only people that believe in you are the people within this locker room. And there's no pressure. Right. There's no pressure because nobody expects anything. There's no expectation. It's a lot harder to listen to the talking heads at ESPN say FSU is back. Yeah. You want to know why Florida State played so well against Clemson the last two years? Because it doesn't matter. You're supposed to lose that game anyway. And that's why they've both been one score games. You know, not that Florida State hasn't played. I don't want to make it all about that. Yeah, they've played well in those games. But but I think think there's a chance that. I think that there's a chance that Florida State's favored to win the ACC this year, just based on the schedules. Like Clemson yeah. has a couple tougher games. I think it sets up better for FSU. Yeah, I don't. I'm not guaranteeing that they're favored to win it, and that doesn't. You know, whoever's favored doesn't really matter. It's going to come right. down to Two you know what happens on the field. But if they're favored to win the ACC and they've got to go into Clemson with that, do they? You know, it yeah. matters a lot more. You know, again, yeah. if you're the underdog and you're supposed to lose, then there's no pressure. There's no pressure as the underdog. There's uh, a lot of pressure as the favorite. When in conversations with um, Urban Meyer and his, um, you know, his coaching motivations and struggles and stuff, one of the things that he always said was that it's not getting to the mountaintop; it's staying at the mountaintop. That the climb is easy; it's the it's the staying on the peak once you get there, kind of thing. And obviously, Florida State's not to the peak yet, but it is. Uh, it's the same concept, right? Like it's the climb is the easier part. It's staying there, balancing at the top, figuring out a way to not get knocked off. That is the much more challenging situation. So it'll be interesting because this is going to be a different coaching job for Norvell this upcoming season than we've seen him have the three previous years. So you'll know a lot more about what you got um, as, as the next season progresses. Yeah, I thought uh, I think that once we see the schedule come out, I think that that'll be really, really important um, to just kind of see how that lines up. You know, I think there are um, things that could really, really benefit FSU. I think there are things that could be really, really tough for FSU. Obviously, you already have to play Florida at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And so avoiding one of your next toughest games at the end of the year would probably be ideal. Like we play at Pitt. I think that would be a crappy game to have in November. It's going to be cold, going to be more time. Like Florida State probably wants to play the good teams on their schedule earlier in the year um, because Florida State brings everybody back. There's not a lot of like, oh, we got to learn how to play together. You know, Clemson's going to be starting a brand new quarterback. So if you could, I don't think it happens, but in 2014, you got them in week three. I'd love to have Clemson in week three this year. Right. And I know that's kind of crazy maybe to say because you're playing LSU, then a bad team, then Clemson. But I'm yeah. I'm good with that. Give me that yeah. quarterback early, not in November when he's had 10 games to figure it out. I think Miami could improve over the year, but I'd rather have them super early as well. Yeah. Now, Miami's kind of a weird one that like they always get worse through the year too. So that one probably doesn't matter. But I I want to, I'm going to play Miami earlier in the year because I think that Miami's going to stink in the beginning of the year. And there's a chance that they could get better as the year goes on. Their young guys get older 
And I, again, I think that pit game, any time but November for that pit game would be great for right. FSU. Right now, you're probably not going to get all three of those once. Like you, you, you're probably not going to like play all three of those games in September and then just easy the rest of the way because the ACC yeah. knows that you got to competitively balance things. And they'll probably put Clemson in October because that's just typically when it is. But yeah. when the schedule gets released, I think that'll be important and seeing how that sets up. You know, this year I thought that I thought the beginning and the end of the schedule for Florida State were really easy, but the middle was was pretty tough. I would yeah. prefer to not have our toughest three. Like I'd prefer to not have like, you know, at Clemson, at Pitt, home against right. Miami three weeks in a row. And you're just like, okay, do do you know, right. do we have to do this? Like, right. can we spread that out a little bit? So we'll yeah. see. Um, but yeah, I mean, think. You know, I I think Florida State's expectation this year should should be to compete for the ACC. If you compete for the ACC and you're ten and two, eleven and one, you're you know I, I think you're I don't know ten and two might be pretty tough. I think it would depend on kind of how those other like if you went ten and two and your losses were at uh, LSU and Clemson and LSU won the SEC and then you beat Clemson in a rematch, like maybe. But I think if you go to the ACC and you're eleven and one, I mean you win that i think you're in so i you know i'm not predicting that i think that florida state probably goes 10 and 2 9 and 3 somewhere in there and then see what happened in the in the acc but with a few breaks if you kind of get lucky here or there like you were talking about i think it could be a year they compete for it so the lsu game like we talked about last year the lsu game is obviously pretty big yeah Um, because if you win i think i do think if you beat lsu to start the year you really shouldn't lose another game outside of the clemson game like there's, yeah. there really shouldn't be another loss. Now it doesn't mean there won't be, but there just shouldn't be. There's not a team right. that's as good as LSU there on the schedule. So, um, all right, you want to do some picks and get out of here? Actually, just recap some picks. The only pick we have is the championship. Um, uh, let's see. All right, not a great week for either of us, but I did extend my lead. So shout out to me. Uh, you got Alabama over Kansas State. I got Iowa over Kentucky. Neither of us got Michigan or. UGA both went over two there. Um, we both got Mississippi state. That was a fun game. I got Tulane. Neither of us got Utah as Penn state won that one. And we both got LSU. So I went four and four. You went three and five with one game to go. We can make this game worth two points so that we can maybe tie. Um, I am 75 and 62 and you are 73 and 64. So I have a two point lead. You can pick, and I'll just take the other side. Well, I'm taking Georgia. I think Georgia covers. I think they win. The last four national championship games have been decided by 15 points or more. I think that that trend continues uh, on wait, Monday wait, wait. night. The last four national championships, 15 points or more? Yes. No, because like um, – Well, that was just in the stats article that I read from Sportsbook. So no, in, in 2020 – uh, Georgia played Alabama, didn't they? When Hold was on. the Georgia Alabama game? 2019? I don't know. Hold on. Was that 2018 already? Scores. No, that was 2021. And that was a one score game. Hold on. Pulling up the scores. This was literally in an article I read in Sportsbook five minutes ago. Give me the scores for those games. Oh, that was 33 18 was 2021. 52-24 was 2020. 42-25 was 2019. 
When was that Alabama Georgia? Forty four sixteen was twenty eighteen. So yes, the last four games have been decided by fifteen points or more. Twenty seventeen was twenty six twenty three. Uh, okay, I can't believe that game's been that long. I feel like that was just like two years ago. Um, so the last four games have been decided by fifteen points or more. I think that trend continues. Yeah, I do too. I'll take TCU just so that because I'm, I'll take the other side. But yeah, I think Georgia wins this. When's it going away? And shout out the SEC. I know that we're big Georgia fans here, so um, I'm glad that they're going to get another one. Were you I, uh, when you watched that Alabama can uh, Kansas State game? Were you uh, I, I seeing that definitely made me think TCU was going to get worked uh, having watched that. But I definitely felt like that was Saban's own way of being like. Well, I'm just glad he was motivated. I'm just glad he motivated his team to be there because I know that when Alabama loses in a bowl game, they always just say that, like, "Oh, they didn't care to be there." Listen, motivating so. a team that just barely misses the playoffs, the national championship games, or whatever in their bowl game is the hardest thing to do in coaching. So I think that it's um, no, I think it's I, I liked that game. I'm glad they came out and won by a ton. I'm glad that TCU, Michigan, and Ohio State. Georgia were both really good games because I yeah. still don't believe that Alabama deserved to be in the game or in the playoff. Um, um, so deserved and are one of the four best are just different arguments in my mind. I don't think Alabama deserved to be there in the fact that they didn't do what they needed to do uh, to go, right? Like they lost two games. They didn't win their conference championship. Like if these are benchmarks we look at for you need to accomplish X, Y, and Z to get to the playoffs, they didn't do those things. Which is but, all correct, which is how it's always been. Right. But if I'm looking at the four best teams, I do think Alabama is one of the four best teams. So it really depends on what it is that you're looking at for the playoffs. But we got two phenomenal games. Yeah, so I think... I think it's always been the the most deserving teams. Yeah. Like that's and just what they've always done. Like the BCS always factored in wins and losses. Right. Like, you know, I think it's always And I do been think that. that had um Tennessee not lost uh their quarterback, I don't think Alabama has any argument then at all because Tennessee beat them head to head and Tennessee should be in the conversation. But Tennessee is a different team with a different quarterback. However, Milton looked pretty good in their bowl game. So yeah, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee did lose to South Carolina with hooker though. So hooker, right. Yeah. But Tennessee so beat Alabama head to head. So if you're looking at two teams with similar records, you take the one that beat them. Right. And I, and for the record, Tennessee with Hendon hooker is a, is a harder team to beat than 10, than TCU. I think is a better football team than TCU. It doesn't make them a more deserving team, but I think both Alabama and Tennessee would beat TCU on a neutral field four out of five times, as long as Tennessee has hooker. Yeah. I think, I think Alabama's, I, I think I might go Alabama four out of five and Tennessee closer to three, but just because their defense is so bad, but we'll see. Yeah. Actually, we, I won't mean, see. we won't see, but uh, interested to see this Georgia game though. It's uh, this, this national championship game. It's our last college football game of the 2022, 2023 season. So we're going to all enjoy it and go dogs and go Knowles. <laughs> go Gators. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.